Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves here on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au online. Podcasts can be found on both the 3CR website and the Brainwaves website as well. My name is Susie and today Steph and I will be chatting to Greg Barnes about my health record, which will impact Australians very soon indeed. Greg is a high-profile barrister, author, political commentator and journalist who writes about many issues including those that affect our civil, democratic and human rights. He also has a good understanding of web-related privacy issues. I have observed his concerns about my health record and was pleased when he agreed to come and discuss these concerns on this program, as we all need to consider the options very carefully. Hello, Greg Barnes, and welcome to Brainwaves. Thanks very much, Susie. Greg, what exactly is my health record and when does it come into effect? My health record is... um has been around for some time, but is now that the idea was to make it effectively compulsory. It's a Commonwealth Government program. Uh, It relies on uh, trying to collate everyone's health data into one place. Uh, And the the theory is that uh, that means you get better health outcomes so that, for example, if you get sick travelling in Queensland and you come from Melbourne, Uh, the doctor or the hospital can look up your health record and get the entire record. Um, But uh, as we know, it's had uh, some controversy attached to it, uh, particularly in relation to uh, people who want to opt out. Okay, so that's one reason why it might be advantageous to digitalise the health data of all Australians. Are there other advantages that you might be able to share some examples well of. look i mean i think that if you talk to um, some health professionals uh, they will say to you that uh, there is an advantage in having um, the records of people in in one place i, I will give you one example because i've i've acted in inquests for uh, prisoners families one of the complaints about treatment of prisoners and health treatment is that uh, those within the prison system who are treating them don't have access to their full records. And I have had cases where, for example, uh, in Tasmania, where a prisoner had uh, uh, epilepsy, which he hadn't reported to the prison authorities, and then they got his health data later. And so, look, I can understand why you want to put health data in one place, but the problem we've got in Australia is, of course, the lack of privacy protections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, what sort of organisations and how many would have access to our data and is this data likely to be reliable? Well, as I understand uh, my health data, it would be then available to be cross-matched across any government department, Commonwealth Mm -hmm. or state. Uh, And uh, furthermore, of course, it would be uh, uh, available to all doctors uh, and medical professionals. Uh, So... um, there would be, uh, in effect, your data would be 
available to government uh, and uh, health professionals anywhere in Australia. So that's a, a pretty broad field. Mm. Yes, I think I heard something like maybe 900,000 organisations overall. Have I heard that right? You, you look, you may well have done. It certainly yeah. would be available in... in uh, I mean, the fact is that it's all collated into one system and therefore would be available to a huge number of organisations. Yes, X-ray departments, mm. I would imagine, pathology, your chemist. Yeah, um, pretty, yeah all of those. Yeah, yeah. pretty frightening. Yeah. Well, so surely when so many organisations and individuals within those places have access, security at all levels would be an issue? Are there any concerns that you might have about that? Well, I think the issue around security is the fact that we don't have in Australia proper privacy protections. We're mm -hmm. not constitutionally protected because we don't have a Charter of Rights, shamefully. Uh, we have privacy legislation which lacks teeth and we have numerous examples where the Commonwealth Government has shown it cannot be trusted with information and furthermore... Uh, that organisations such as the AFP and State Police and ASIO and security agencies have access to that data. Mm. Now, uh, I just certainly don't want ASIO and the AFP having access to my health data uh, for the very reason that uh, one never trusts those organisations to deal with that uh, data uh, properly uh, and not to use it in nefarious ways. Mm. Mm. So when you're saying nefarious ways, um, one that comes to my mind is the dark web and um, I'm thinking of things like identity theft as well. Yeah. I mean, the more stuff you put online, of course, the, the more that this happens. And, and, and I think the problem is that the My Health data uh, was botched by uh, Greg Hunt, uh, the minister, uh, perhaps unsurprisingly. Um, and, and, you know, people, there were no assurances given. There's no legislation in place to properly protect people. Uh, and furthermore, as we saw with the robo-debt and with uh, the way Centrelink conducts itself, you cannot trust Commonwealth Government agencies with your data. Mm. When you mentioned before the, the privacy kind of protection, like yep. legislation or whatever yep. that's in place at the moment is not like there, there isn't a lot in place, what, what actually specifically? Well, I mean, I, you should have a constitutional and... Uh, right to be able to enforce your privacy and mm. and for there to be uh, damages available mm. to any person whose privacy is breached. There mm. should be what's called a tort of privacy. In mm -hmm. other words, you should be able to go to court and say that my privacy has been breached. It mm -hmm. was uh, as a result of the conduct of a particular government agency and I want damages. Now, there's been resistance to that because people think it's a lawyer's picnic. Well, sometimes, you know, you don't want a picnic, but certainly you want lawyers to be at the table to protect people's rights. Mm. Uh, and we don't have those protections in this country. Okay. I mean, if you go to Europe, for example, under the European Union uh, uh, rights uh, framework, you do have much greater protections uh, and real protections and real sanctions for government organisations that uh, breach your data, uh, mm. breach uh, your privacy. Mm. Look, as an organisation, Wellways, that particularly cares about issues relating to people who live with mental illness... Um, some of whom have suffered discrimination in the past. Do you think my health record would worsen this? And what other groups can you think of of people that could be affected, Greg? Well, I think any Australian could be impacted adversely by it. I think certainly vulnerable people who are within the prison system, for example. I mean, you know, uh, if you look, for example, at the way in which ASIO uh, and the AFP conduct themselves... Uh, one could imagine circumstances where they got access to my health data in order, pro order to profile people mm. uh, and to uh, and to misuse that data. 
Um, you know, you, you, you should never trust organisations like that that have so much power and in this country so little scrutiny. Mm. Yeah. I'm even thinking of like... Um, even some sort of domestic and family violence situations, if you have sort of a husband or somebody who works in one of those organisations and then has access to all of your data, that's such a big security and privacy risk to some of these people in such vulnerable positions. Mm. And it's just so, so wrong to be able to have that that power and influence over somebody. Well, look, I don't disagree. And we've already seen uh, cases where there's been breach of... uh, uh, information or information that's been released to people inappropriately Mm. Mm. in a domestic violence setting by police for example Mm. Um, and uh, one could you could never be assured about government at the commonwealth level which just doesn't break privacy seriously and i think that's the point that, that that we do not have a culture in this country of politicians taking privacy seriously yeah uh we see continual leaks of uh of data uh, we, there's no culture of uh, inf- being able to enforce rights uh, and politicians taking the right to privacy seriously. Mm. Yeah. Um, some other groups that I thought of when I was looking into this subject were people living with HIV. Um, uh, actually, it occurred to me celebrities could be vulnerable um, mm. if their data was accessed, their address you know, that's yeah. sort well, of thing. Well, it, it's, it's more that, for example, particularly with the stigmatising of people with mental illness, you know, um, the last thing you want is uh, data being available uh, so that, for example, uh, you, you can get uh, the profiling of people on the basis that, mm. uh, look, they're suffering a mental illness, they're more likely to act in a particular way. That's right, uh, yeah. Uh, let's start surveilling them. Yeah. Now, you know, people might say, oh, this is conspiratorial. Well, it's not. We know mm. that it happens. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And with employment and stuff like that, surely that's a, yeah. a huge concern. And certainly in the area of employment. But, but you can't, um, you, you also, we also know that there is a trade in uh, data, that is that, mm. uh, criminal activity associated with, uh, with the stealing of data and the misuse of that yes. data. And again, the onus is on the government to convince us that privacy protections are in place. None of that has been done in relation right. to my health record. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have been having a fascinating discussion with Barrister Greg Barnes about the new government initiative that will digitalise all of our health records and have them available to thousands of organisations unless we individually opt out by November the 15th this year. Greg has been discussing his concerns around security and discrimination implications. Yep, and we've got a question, um, Mel from Q, thank you for calling up, regarding the tort of privacy that we mentioned earlier. In Winstead, Massachusetts, there is the Ralph Nader's American Museum of Tort Law, and she wants to know, does America have the tort of privacy? Uh, the first thing is, I didn't know there was a museum of tort law. That fascinates me. But <laughs> must put that on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, look, the U- United States does have uh, a tort of privacy, generally speaking, Um there is also uh, similar torts available in Canada and the United Kingdom and the EU, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. It's it's in effect the right to seclusion uh, and, and and the enjoyment of the right to seclusion and interference with that right on the part of the government that is the issue. There was an Australian Law Reform Commission report uh, done on privacy, a voluminous report uh, which um, looked at uh, the issue. Sadly, as is often the case in this country, uh, 
we don't, uh, we're not about uh, increasing people's rights, we're generally about stripping them. And unfortunately, uh, it's a casualty. The lack of tort to privacy is a casualty of that sort of attitude. Um, well, Greg, without asking any leading questions, what are your main concerns around my health record? And do you see any ethical, civ civil or indeed other rights issues around this new system? Well, look, I think there are a lot. I mean, I personally have opted out. Uh, and I opted out, uh, and you can opt out, I think, on, uh, up until November 15 this year. And I would encourage people to think seriously about opting out. Look, the, the issues are these, and we raised a few of them before the break, but I'll just go through them again. Uh, we do not have in Australia effectively effective protections for people when there is breach of uh, their right to privacy. And uh, in the absence of those effective protections, which means being able to go to court and enforce your rights and get damages from the government uh, for breaches, or alternatively, uh, being able to seek some sort of injunctive relief against uh, the further release of your data, uh, one should be very careful about uh, signing up. The second point is the ethical issues, and that is the fact that a lot of people do not want uh, their local GP or their local hospital or any other organisation, and, and particularly the Commonwealth Department of Health, uh, Medicare, etc., knowing all of their health information. Um, they, they may, for example, you may have a person, for example, and uh, who has had uh, health issues in the past that they'd rather forget about. Uh, I've, I've certainly spoken to people who, in the area of mental health particularly, who because of the stigmatising in relation to mental health, don't want everybody to know that they spent, you know, 12 months in, in, in a psych hospital 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, they'd rather forget about it. Yes. And uh, they don't have that right under My Health Data to be able to say, you know, I don't want you to know that and I don't want you to know it. In other words, mm. the right to eat it. Yes. Mm. Um, so, because it's one size fits all, as I That's understand right. it. But the other point I'd make is that there is no effective means of controlling uh, and policing uh, the possibility of there being uh, data leakage. Mm -hmm. Now, to give you an example, you may have a person, for example, who works in a GP, works for a GP or any medical clinic, or works mm -hmm. in a hospital, mm -hmm. and they have access to the My Health Data uh, database uh, of patients in that hospital. Let's say that that person uh, is attracted by the idea uh, of uh, selling that data to uh, various. Uh, or, you know, in individuals or organisations, what's to say they won't do it? Mm. We've seen with the Banking Royal Commission the unscrupulous way in which uh, companies operate when it comes to insurance, when it comes to people's data. That's right. Uh, mm. wh why would we not think that it wouldn't happen again? Mm. So, uh, you know, whilst there are attractions in terms of uh, better health outcomes... Uh, I don't think, and I think I'm right in saying this, I don't think there's been any effective work done that says, look, you get much better health outcomes in the mm. community. In other words, is it the difference between me getting cancer or not? Is it the difference between me uh, getting better treatment or not? Uh, I haven't seen anything which suggests that this is going to make a material difference. That's mm. right. And, um, yes. And also, I'm, I'm just wondering, do people, do you know whether we have people have an option to opt back in if they want at a later date? Or is the is November 15th some kind of hard deadline on 
that choice. Well, I would think you would have the right. I mean, if I yeah. if I wanted to at a later point opt in, I'm sure you could. Mm. Uh, it was, uh, I think the other point that was interesting about it was that when people went to opt out, uh, there were some news stories where, for example, the data that was already linked was wrong. I mean, mm. people were saying, look, I've got three kids, not five. I've got two kids, not none. Uh, I don't have any kids, but they've got kids here. Uh, I'm not age 62, I'm 44. Mm. You know, data, the, the data in the database was actually wrong. Unreliable. And unreliable. Yeah. Mm. And so if you can't get that right, uh, why, why would you sign up? Yeah. Um, on, a, on a bit of a different note, we understand that Care Data was a similar system initiated in the UK and then scrapped. What do you know about that? As I understand Care Data, uh, it was, uh, one, unreliable, two, there were breaches mm-hmm. of confidentiality, uh, and three, I think in the case of Care Data, the, the, the marketing of it, if you, if you like, the communication about it was really poorly done uh, so that people didn't understand, for example, that they could opt out. And a lot of people were very angry that they found out later that, you know, you could have opted out, but you didn't opt out. That's right. And I, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but I'm fairly sure that it is that insurance companies, health, life and travel insurance companies access data in the UK. Yeah. Um, so that could cause discrimination. That's right. Even like even mm. for your grandchildren or their children in the future. Well, we know that we know that, for example, there's been real discrimination uh, around uh, by insurance companies with people with mental illness, mm. and uh, uh, one shouldn't do anything to encourage them. Mm. Is this so? You're talking about the UK. Is that similar in Australia with insurance? Well, in a, in a, certainly in insurance, uh, there has been discrimination against refusal to insure people with mental illness. Mm. Right. There's no doubt about that. Yes. And uh, but also, it's the misuse of data by insurers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've as we've seen with the Royal Commission in recent times, the unethical and unscrupulous practices mm. are, are bad enough without them then having access to a whole swathe of data that they could use mm. or misuse. Yeah. So would, I mean, under My Health, do we know whether like legally kind of insurance companies would have access to My Health or would it more just be kind of I, I, a potential? I, yeah, I, I think it's the potential. Yeah, I mean, okay. the problem it's once you establish these databases yeah, is that of then, then, of course, they become broader. I mean, mm. look, the reality is, of course, that all of our data, every time we go online, is swept up by security agencies um, and uh, some people might say, well, it doesn't really matter that, you know, they're going to get the data anyway. But I think that it, when it comes to your health, mm. which is highly personal, uh, this is where uh, uh, we're not being Luddites here. We're not saying we, we're opposed to, you know, we want to see everybody go down to, back to index cards. That's mm. not what's being said. It's actually about a system which is transparent, which provides real protections and provides a real incentive to stop the sort of abuse that might occur. And we don't have that, and we do not have a good track record in Australian government organisations. Mm. Right. Yes, yeah, certainly. If one does choose to opt out, is that the end of it? Well, as I said earlier, I, I, I would think that you could opt back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, people should think seriously about opting out. I mean, the, the experience to date has been poor. Uh, I noticed the issue's gone off the political radar in recent times, but no doubt it'll ramp up again as we approach November 15. Um, but people who've had uh, some people have had real difficulty in opting out. I'm told. Yes, that's uh, they true. make it difficult yeah. for you when you go online. Yes. I was able to do it pretty quickly, but I have heard stories where people have said, "Look, they've made it very difficult for you to opt well, out." Now that shouldn't be the case. No. Yeah. The other thing is, I heard that your records will be kept for thirty years after your death. Mm. 
That's well, again, you've got to ask why. Yeah. Yes. You're dead. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, unless, it's, unless it's for the purposes of research and uh, epidemiological studies, mm. etc. But you can do that anyway. Mm. Uh, and uh, I haven't noticed a clamour for uh, you know, researchers saying we want to keep all this data. Mm. The data is available yes. because in birth, deaths and marriages, you, you've got a death certificate in any event mm. uh, where that data can be obtained. I can see that um, the government would be able to use the data for allocating funding and things like that. Like I can see that there are some advantages to it. But well, but, I d but uh, look, having said that, I mean, we know that governments don't allocate funds on a rational basis in any event. It's about lobbying and... Uh, That's true. That data yep. could be misused, for example, to, to claim that there's some great health scare when there's not. I mean, we see that all the time when it comes to drugs. Mm. Greg, where can people go to find out more about my health record? Well, you should, you know, you should. Uh, I, I didn't look this up before I got here, but certainly if you if you Google my health record and issues, uh, put those words in, you'll find some very sensible contributions around this debate. Look, I'm I'm not. I don't want people to think that this is the worst uh, development in Australia in the last twenty years. It's not. But it does have, there are some real concerns about it and there are some sensible people saying some sensible things, including, I think, uh, at least either the College of GPs or alternatively the AMA that's expressed some concerns about it. That's right, although I understand that they did say that they have they support the... They um, support the initiative, but I think the they had concerns. Got concerns. Yeah, they, they had yeah. concerns about it. And so you should be, and you know, maybe talking to your local GP who, because not a lot of doctors are not supporting it. Uh, that's right. For, for these yeah. sorts of reasons. Mine certainly isn't. Mm. Well, I have to say a huge thank you, Greg, for taking the time out of your very busy day no to problem. inform the Brainwaves program at 3CR and all our listeners of your serious concerns about my health record. A podcast of this show will be available on both the Brainwaves and 3CR websites. We note the need to opt out by November the 15th if we decide that the system may not suit us, and it sure seems it will be well worth our while to look into it further. Brainwaves will be back next Wednesday from 5 to 5.30pm. 5 Stay tuned for The Renegade Economist following these messages. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.